here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And welcome to the sixth edition of the Brit Rest Roundtable. I think it's, it's definitely the sixth one. one. No, numbers. It is the sixth one. There we go. Um, I am joined by, as you just heard, um, Arn and Ollie in the fir- in what feels like a first time in quite a while at this point. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a few months since we had a, a chance to have a, a chat. Not since uh, the Red Pride weekend. Yeah. Um, where if we just uh, go straight into it, um, recently uh, Raw Alternative, uh, I think that was last Monday, happened, um, uh, and that was focusing on British uh, and European wrestling, uh, as you did have WXW, the German promotion in there as well. But for the most part, it was British promotions. Uh, Ollie, you got a you got a chance to see that. Uh, what, what were your general thoughts? Um, it, I thought it covered quite a good range of promotions. There was Progress, there was Fight Club Pro, there was um, Attack Pro Wrestling, there was even WXW for Germany. And generally the matches they put on were like good representations of um, those promotions. Um, some of them weren't like incredible matches or anything. I don't think they wanted to give away their best stuff. But um, definitely something worth checking out if you still can. I'm not sure if a video has been taken down now, which would be a bit of a shame. Um, my favourite matches on there, maybe Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tommaso Ciampa from the Progress Strong Style, Super Strong Style Tournament. Um, the Fight Club Pro Tag Match, Hunter Brothers versus I can't even remember the team they face now, but uh, yeah. Definitely like a good range of stuff and if you'd never seen a promotion there before, it was a good way to find out about promotions you may never have even heard about, so Definitely good publicity for those promotions. Yeah, it's um, I've I've seen a, a lot of people who've had their uh, their first ex- exposure to the the British scene, and uh, for the most part, the the reaction seemed pretty positive. Um, maybe not some something for somebody who's already um pretty into the British scene like like us, um, but uh, for for a taster of it, uh, seemed a very good. Uh, good starting point. Um, if we head on into um, the upcoming Progress show, which is Chapter 23, 
happening later this month, uh, November 29th. Um, so chapter 23, obviously following on from um, the end of chapter 22, which saw Mark Andrews walk out and return, saving Will Ospreay from Paul Robinson's post-match attack. Um, chapter 22, one of the weaker shows from Progress this year, but um, still definitely something worth watching. And it's set up chapter 23 quite nicely. This will be the final London show of the year, but it will be followed up by the show in Manchester the week after. So kind of a double header for them. And the first match uh, that was billed for this show coming up on November 29th is another natural progression series match. They tend to put their progress... Um, uh, the Projo training school graduates into one match, uh, three or four of them in the NPS. And this is that match. Uh, Jack Sexsmith versus Damon Moser versus Shen Wu. Uh, do you guys have any experience with watching these guys or would this be like new to you? Uh, absolutely none at all. They tell those names. And, well, I've heard the names. I haven't seen the wrestlers at all. I've seen a bit of Damon Moser. Uh, just as like progress main show stuff, which hasn't been, he, he uh, was involved with the the faceless and um, briefly with the origin. Yeah. But I haven't seen too much of him. And then Shen Wu, I don't think I've seen him ever. Like I know him to see him, but um, I don't I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle a match. And Sex Smith, I've heard a lot about, um, but. Uh, this will be my my first exposure to the guy. Okay. Well, um, possibly the most important thing about this match would be Jack Sexsmith's debut in the ballroom because he's been getting quite good reactions on Endeavor shows with his um, sexually frivolous, morally ambiguous gimmick, I think is the term. And when I saw him well, against Eddie Dennis live, he was definitely room. a standout on that show with the Mr. Coco gimmick, which was... Pretty tremendous. <laughs> um, I don't know if you, any, either of you guys have seen the Endeavor show he was on. He's been on a few of them recently, but he's definitely been a standout for them. And so I'd say he's probably favorite to win this match and go on because he's definitely someone they'll want to look to feature more because he is a very funny guy and maybe not like a wrestler, wrestler's gimmick, but still very fun to see and good undercard guy to have around. Uh, Shen Wu, um, if you guys have never seen him, I've no, really not seen much of him. I've only seen him in really short matches, so this would be a big opportunity for him to show what he can do to people, for people, because he really hasn't had an opportunity to really shine on those Endeavor shows. From what I have seen of Jack Sexsmith, um, which isn't a lot, he seems like one of those people who... When you're watching him, you're enjoying him, but then if someone who's not a wrestling fan walks up behind you um, uh, while you're watching him, you you quickly close the screen. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't want to explain that one to someone walking in, seeing Eddie Dennis jam a condom down Sexsmith's throat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I I I'm sure it will go down a hoot with the uh, with the progress boring crowd. So, so uh, you're, you're predicting Sexsmith advances here? Uh, or Moser, because I've, they seem to like Moser. I really haven't seen anything out of him. He seems very generic, and like the other two guys are a bit more like um, 
excitable and a bit more gimmick guy is, whereas Moza is pretty much just a straight wrestler. I just don't think he's a very good wrestler right now, and so he kind of needs something to jazz him up a little while he gets to a better level. Um, or it could even be Shen Wu, because um, <laughs> I think they like Shen Wu as well. Obviously, they like all three guys, so they're ready to put them on the chapter show. I'd say Sex and Flo, just because the gimmick will carry him. I thought we were going to go completely on the fence there, or he go, well, it could be this guy, it could be this guy, <laughs> yeah. it could also be this guy. Going for Sexsmith, then. Yeah, I'll, I'll put my money on Sexsmith. He, he's definitely the guy with the most buzz going in, so it would make sense. It would make sense. Um, the next match would be Tommaso Champa versus Marty Skull, um, a match that was set up at Chapter 22, when, after uh, Marty Skull's victory over Flash Morgan Webster, uh, which we covered on the previous show, um, talking about like how effective that was to build his character. Shampa comes out um, after Skull mentions going to NXT um, and sets up this match uh, for this show. Yeah, it's pretty much just a, a headline match. Not too much story heading into it. I guess Shampa took offense to Skull's comment about like how he could easily walk into NXT, whereas Shampa had to fight hard for years to get there. Um, I don't know what you guys think of Champa's run in progress so far. It's it's been uh, mixed, um, often in the same match. The match with Mark Haskins, I know you weren't overly keen on that one, Ollie. Um, but like, the, I can understand why because the start of it was very very silly, but then it, when it sort of got gathered pace and became serious, with Haskins kind of dragging uh, Champa into a, a more serious uh, wrestling match. I thought it was really good. And with Marty Skrull, I've been saying since we started doing these things that I feel Skrull is only as good as his opponent. But he definitely changed my opinion of him by um, kind of carrying almost uh, Flash Morgan Webster last time out. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm real excited about this one. I think it's going to be uh, going to be a solid match. Yeah, Champa's always a guy who... He seems to really want to put together these epic matches, but never quite seems um, quite seems able to do so. Um, he, he always um, he always wrestles like it's a huge match, even when it doesn't necessarily feel like one. I'm not, I'm not sure if that I'm making any sense there, but um, yeah, I, I understand that. Like. I thought, especially with the Mark Haskins match, yes, it was the match before intermission so that they could do a lot more. I just felt like, especially after the start of that match, which was so, like, jovial, that they just immediately turned on as if they'd been wrestling for 20 minutes in the WrestleMania main event, and it was good. It was certainly good action. I'm not denying that. It just didn't fit in. Um, we covered this a lot more on the previous podcast, so I won't go into it in too much. But, yeah, I definitely get that. Yeah, I kind of missed out on that one, but uh, from where I was sitting, it was um, very much that um, Haskins was kind of irritated into forcing Champa to have not the serious match. Uh, so it kind of worked for me, but um, I think it was probably a little bit too much silliness at the start. Um, with uh, with Marty changing to the, the uh, like full-on heel character that he's now gone to, he's tried to eliminate all that kind of fun stuff. Um, 
So if they have a real serious match, I think it's going to be uh, a good one. And that sense yeah, of had... um, uh, epic that you kind of get from from Champa's attempts to do so, anyway, um, I think it could give it a like a big match uh, atmosphere too. Definitely. How do you feel Skrull's character will mesh with uh, Champa's? Because Champa basically played the heel in his match against Haskins, but here he'll definitely be playing the face, especially after, well, obviously he's going up against big heel Skrull, but Champa really, like, egged that whole babyface side at, in his post-match promo at Chapter 22. So it's definitely, like, a guy who loves progress versus a guy who now despises it. How do you feel that's going to mix together? It certainly created a, an interesting dynamic um, between the two. I mean, th- there's nothing more pure about wrestling than the babyface who's standing up for the everyone in the crowd versus the heel who hates everyone in the crowd. It's it's a wrestling 101, really. Uh, but the the skill that they have between them and the experience, so that should be able to take it to to a whole other level. So they've got the basics that should allow the crowd to latch onto it immediately and then they've got the complexity that they should bring they'll uh, take it to another level how do you feel rob um skull and champa are guys that when when their their matches really work i really get into them and i really enjoy them but they are people who i wouldn't say they're the most consistent of wrestlers <coughs> um you could you can have matches where you, on on paper, it looks like a great match with them them in it, and then it it delivers and it it's fine, but nothing special. I mean, like I think Marty Skrull versus AJ Styles was a prime example from that. Um, when uh, Styles won the title, that was just um, on paper it looked great, and then it was just fine. It was pretty good, but it wasn't it wasn't what you expected going in. And I think Champ is a similar sort of wrestler. They're they're um, so I'm, I think at very least this will be good, um, and there's a chance it will be great, but there's obviously um, the same chance that it, it's just... Uh, well, I like that AJ match a lot more than you, so um, I, I guess I'm more optimistic coming into this. But yeah, for, for me, it looks like it's going to be a good one. We also have to think about um, Champa facing Zack Sabre Jr. a week after this in Manchester. Um, obviously, Skrull and Sabre Jr. are tied together somewhat. Even though Skrull's now turned heel, do you think that'll play into the finish at all? Um, I, I doubt it. They're, they're, they've been pretty separated in progress for, for a while now. so uh, I don't think it'll directly play in, but maybe they'll play off it. Say uh, Champa beats Skrull and then uses that as like, um, well, I've already beaten your partner. Now I'm going to beat you when he faces Zach. But I don't, I don't think it will be like a run-in or anything. Well, no, and there's also the uh, it's a different crowd. You don't know how many of the London crowd are going to be at the Manchester show. So that that might mm. play into it. They might want to aim at a mm. different. Or it depends how they depends how they bill Champa Sabre Jr. It could just be like um an exhibition dream match sort of thing. Although it is also a rematch of their super strong style match, so there's a bit on the line there. I don't think they probably will play up the Skull and Sabre Jr. relationship just because they're now on different sides of the heel face divide. Um, 
but it's certainly something to think about and certainly something that could play into the finish. Um, the next match is also another uh, Super Strong Style rematch. Rampage Brown, who was the winner of that match, will go up against uh, the returning Big Daddy Walter. Are you guys excited to see uh, Walter again? Yes, in theory, but these two, their first match they had in the Strong Style 16, it, it didn't do a lot for me. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping this is, um, they get more featured here, um, they're, they're not like, um, buried towards the bottom of a, a long Strong Style card. Um, I like Walter in general. Um, he's, he's a fun host to, you know, he just throws people around. He's a huge man. Uh, and in theory, Brown should be a great opponent for him. They're two big guys. He can just hit each other hard. And there's a few things in wrestling I enjoy more than seeing two big guys just hit each other. Um, but yeah, their, their previous match together has me, um, less infused than I, I, I should be. To, to see Walter back in progress. I, I would hope to be proved wrong, but I'm not really expecting that much, to be honest. And I'll probably have a bit of a bit of a slobber knocker, but um, it depends how you know enthusiastic they are with it. They mm. could just coast by on on what they've what they bring in and not really take it to the next level. Yeah, I think Rob, with, with Rob saying that um, they're going to get a lot more of a chance to show what they can do than in the tournament, because in the tournament they were, what, match three of a nine or ten match card. They didn't get a lot of chance to, like, go all out. I think here they'll be a lot more featured. They could even be the pre-intermission match. Um, so they will get a lot more chance to go further. They'll be able to play off their previous match. Um, and I think Volt is a guy who... Is better when he's more, he's like Shelton Benjamin in this regard. When he's got something going for him, when he's um, enthusiastic and motivated, he can really put on something special. When he's not really given much, like in the Strong Style 16, when he was just given one match and then he was out, I don't think he delivers quite as much. Um, so if they put him in a big match, I think they could really do something with him if he gets a win. Maybe they're going to team him with Zach da- with Zack Seb Jr. for Zack Daddy uh, in Chapter 24. <laughs> Just fantasy booking. Um, that could be something interesting to watch out for. Rampage Brown isn't really a guy who needs to be protected too much, so I think they might give victory to Volta, and that could improve the match as a result. Yeah, could do. Um, going in, I'm not expecting too much, but I hope they prove me wrong. Yeah, I'm keeping expectations low, but I think it could produce something. Yeah. I'm never going to be upset at a match over-delivering. Yes, how dare they have a better match than I expected. <laughs> it's an outrage. Uh, moving on to another match. Uh, Paul Robinson versus Mark Haskins in a battle of the two guys who have been defeated by Will Ospreay so far. So, in a way, it's sort of like a title eliminator kind of thing, almost like the loser of this match will fall out of title contention, potentially. Um, what do you think about the dynamic heading into this one? Um, given that the match between... I, I think the Robinson title shot, I think that's about as good as it's 
it's going to get um, for him and for him and Osprey. I, I can't really see them having something better than that. But uh, the Haskins match was already better than that. It was I think clear over four stars. I think I did a four and a half, Ollie. For if memory serves correctly, um, so I can see them wanting to build Haskins back up for another match with Osprey, and I'd I'd watch that. I think it'd be really good. Yeah, um, Haskins Osprey was one of my personal favourite um, matches of Progress history. So um, if this is their way of um, pushing Haskins back back up into a title contention, then I'm all for it. <laughs> They could definitely do that. They could definitely go straight back to Haskins for Chapter 24 because Osprey doesn't have an opponent for that show. Um, he doesn't really have an obvious opponent, and I don't think they're going to want to go to Skull straight away. I think Osprey versus Skull is kind of a money match right now. Um, like it's pretty much the two best guys on the regular UK scene. I don't think they're going to want to go to that immediately with Osprey's fourth defense unless they want to give the title to skull i think they want to have osprey run it a little longer and then move into a bigger match with skull later next year so i think haskins could definitely be a guy who they'll give another title match to to really put that chapter 24 show over the top because they'll want to put on the best show possible without giving too much away i think and obviously they've got Shampoo Sabre Jr., which is a really big match coming up to 24. So it's something to consider when looking at Robinson Haskins. Um, there's also potential for, you still got to keep Robinson strong because he is still one of the more major heels. Perhaps they reignite regression. I don't want to second guess this one too much. Um, but it should be a really good match because, um, Robinson, I think, is an underrated singles guy. I think he's had some really good matches in progress in 2015. And Haskins is obviously tremendous. Um, even though I underrated his match with Shamper, I still thought the action towards the end was very, very good. And if he could recreate that sort of thing with Robinson, that'd be really awesome. So yeah, I'm definitely hyped for this one. Yeah, um, I'm very much looking forward to the match itself. Um... I can see these two playing off each other really well, um, especially with Robinson's new, really aggressive style. Um, I think that'll. Uh, go ahead. I thought uh, Robinson's character really shone through in the match of Osprey, and if they want to keep having that home here, being really aggressive, like unhinged, um, they definitely could. I think they've got something really good going with Robinson. Um, he's not really featured prominently anywhere else in Britain. So if they want to keep Robinson strong, um, getting a big win over Haskins. There's always the possibility of him having a rematch with Jimmy Havoc, who is conspicuously absent from this card. Definitely. Um, I thought that may have been one of the things that let Chapter 22 down, a lack of Havoc. So if they want to really deliver with Chapter 24, they could bring Havoc back against Robinson there. But this is all speculation <laughs> and focusing on the match. Um, it should be definitely good. I think their styles will match really well. Yeah, I'm kind of expecting a Haskins win because I've kind of got it in my head that I want him to uh, take another run at, uh, at Osprey. But um, we yeah. see. It, it, either way. It is an interesting match in that both guys 
can't really afford to lose at this point, both in, you know, kayfabe and in booking perspective, because the loser will kind of lose a bit of stock. Like I say, there are two title challenges, they're very high up on the card, and so a loss kind of damages them a little bit. So it's a bit intriguing that they put these guys together. Perhaps, I don't know. Interesting to see how it plays out. Now, shall we move on to the final match sure. uh, that has been announced so far? Um, with the Progress Championship match, Will Ospreay versus Mark Andrews, which is a killer match, and one I'm guessing you guys are both looking forward to. Definitely. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I just watched the, the bowler match they had the other day, and um, in 10 minutes, they just absolutely blew the crowd away. Um, I, I know they've worked before uh, together in progress, but Osprey has, has come on since then even. And um, th- this should be a, a hell of a main event. They are very familiar with, e- with each other. Obviously, they have the bowler match, which extended them to a larger audience. So even if it's just a complete repeat of that match, <laughs> I don't think anyone will complain. They'll obviously work off that match. They'll work off the previous matches they've had in progress because the reason why Andrews has been granted the title shot is because Osprey has never beaten him in progress. Um so that's an interesting twist in, and it's part of Os- making Osprey look a little more vulnerable as a champion. He started off his reign with a big win over Haskins and looking unbeatable. Against Robinson, he looked very much vulnerable and only barely won that match. He didn't win it decisively. So coming up against the guy, yeah. Uh, so coming up against the guy who he's never beaten before in progress, it puts him in a bit more jeopardy and Presumably he's going to win, and so that would really be like a scalp for him if he could take on like big American star Mark Andrews, um, and get that victory. Yeah, Andrews is certainly a good uh, a good fit for the the main events that Osprey's been having those those past couple of main events. They've been very exciting. They've been very spot heavy, and they've been pretty clean, clean and crisp, and. That's that's what Andrews can do, and he can bring that same sort of style. Um, it's going to be a good match, pretty sure. So, so we we're seeing no chance of a title change. Here, I don't think so. No, I think he's uh, Andrews has been more no. than put there as a another obstacle for for Osprey to get over, as opposed to a, a possible switch. Do we think Andrews is going to stick around in progress? Um, I'm not sure. He's he's been back in the UK for about a month now, and he's been working all around. I presume he'll be back over Christmas as well, but I don't know what the TNA schedule is looking like. They're going to India soon, I believe. Well, they are are doing a UK tour in sort of end of January, so I don't know. They definitely want to retain him for that. Um, in terms of like, you know, keeping him around, but uh, maybe he'd be able to work around that. I don't know. I, I'm not seeing him being a, a regular. Um, if he if he does become a regular again, uh, I'd like to see him um used back in the tag team with Eddie Dennis because definitely m- more for Dennis than Andrews because Dennis is really he's been coasting horribly. Partners. Yeah, yeah. I think and FSU back together would definitely it would definitely help Dennis, and it would also give Andrews a thing to do without 
um, after presumably losing this match here. FSU are a great tag team. Um, and they're definitely kind of missed on the progress shows. Um, it would provide depth of the tag division. Yeah, I really, I can't see any bad reasons, um, not to keep Andrews around if he is going to stay around. And if team he's, him with if Dennis. he's available, yeah. If he's available, that is definitely something that they should look at doing, bringing back FSU, putting them back into the tag team fold, because the tag team division in progress is exciting with the origin, with Death Squad, with Riots, but it is a little, um, it isn't deep. So adding another team in there can keep that, like, really good circulation of teams going for a bit longer than because it looks really good right now, but I think it has kind of a limited shelf life. Um, if FSU come back, they can obviously f they can make the rounds and face the Origin, face SDS, and that provide a lot of exciting matches, a lot of potentially main event matches for them in 2016. Um, and speaking of like SDS and riots, they're currently not on the show, but we still have another match news Monday still to come before, or even two still to come before chapter 23 um, is on. So do you want guys want to try and speculate as to what other matches, presumably the Origin, will be involved? I think we might see the Origin get uh, get a title shot against um, the Death Squad here. Would you say that would be the Mastiff, Mastiff and Gibson team? Or... Um, I I definitely say Mastiff would be involved. I'm not sure who who would be with, but um, with Mastiff getting the pin on, uh, was it Dante or End? I think it was Tommy End. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um that would be the the title match there, and um with with the the Death Squad defending the titles and then um, going on to face the riots in Manchester. Uh, I'm not sure where you'd slot uh, the riots in. Perhaps the other two members of the Origin could be their opponents here, but um, they might just not be on the cards because um, we've already got five matches here. Usually, progress shows go around six or seven matches deep. Um, so, if there was just a, a tag title match added here and nothing else, it wouldn't it wouldn't totally shock me. Yeah, they have had shows this year with only six matches on, um, so potentially a seventh match. Uh, but yeah, definitely the Origin will be involved somehow because that is a big angle they're building around. Overall, um, what are you from what's announced so far? What are you thinking of this card compared to uh, the previous one where we we all seem to be pretty unanimous in thinking it was one of the weakest shows of this year? I think um, with the amount of potentially big-time singles matches on there, you know, you've got four, like, really big-deal singles matches with special attractions, uh, like, title contenders and the title match itself. I think at least one of those matches is going to deliver big-time. Um, it's just, like, there's, an <laughs> there's enough of them there that they can't all disappoint. Um, with Chapter 22, I think it was kind of built around that eight-man... Uh, Brawl, which was never going to be a great match. Um, it was a hot mess. And, like it, it wasn't given. A, <laughs> it wasn't given a much chance to like really succeed as a work rate kind of show. Um, this one, like I think, when you look at 
who's on the show, where they're positioned. One or two of those matches is going to be really good and really something to talk about and get excited about. Uh, what do you guys think? I think when you compare it to the previous show, especially if we're predicting that the Death Squad are going to be in the title match, um, to add to what's already announced, um, while the high-end stuff is probably at a similar level to what we, we, we had on the last show, um, they, they've really got a, a, a much deeper show than uh, Chapter 22 was. Um, we, we, we've had varying opinions on the, the Brown Walter match, the Skull Champa match, but, um, I think with both those matches, there's at least a chance they're great. And then when you add that to the Robinson Haskins, the Osprey Andrews, and the expected, um, Sumerian Death Squad defense, um, there's enough stuff there that even if one or two matches are a little disappointing, um, it's deep enough that the show as a whole, I'd expect to still be good. And that's kind of where Chapter two, 22 suffered. It really only had three big matches, and with one or two of them being disappointing, you, you've kind of got yourself a bad show, or not a good show. Um, Whereas this one, it can afford to have one or two matches, maybe not quite deliver the way you'd expect them to. And the show as a whole can still be very enjoyable. Oh yeah, now I'm looking at the card, I'm thinking it's going to be a good show, I'm looking forward to it. I've only seen, I've seen a lot less uh, progress than both of you, but um, I'm looking forward to the the, the next one, uh, ten, uh, chapter 23. Right, so I think we're about uh, about done with the progress talk for this show um we're all looking forward to the the show that will be up on progress on demand um which for for those of you who might not have seen um they've they've recently released a, an offer with pro wrestling ponderings uh the indie uh the the website which covers uh a variety of indie wrestling companies and um you can for your first time you subscribe to um, Progress On Demand, you can get the first month for just 99 cents, um, which is obviously a lot cheaper than the current price, which is still pretty reasonable. At, uh, I think it's I think it's 7.95-ish, something like that. But, you know, less than £10, which is a good deal anyway. But uh, for, for less than a dollar, you can now get a month's worth of Progress to try it out, which... Um, if you uh, were using the the price point as a as an excuse of not to get into progress uh, previously, you uh, even less of an excuse uh, now. Uh, you can find that um, over on Pro Wrestling Ponderings, as I mentioned. But um, also, there's a link on the Voice of Wrestling forums to the coupon code. So uh, yeah, this is this is an offer that you can't refuse. You'd be a fool to. You'd be a fool to. Um, Moving on then, uh, our next show that we're looking forward to that's coming up uh, shortly is the, and I'm going to botch this name because I can't do words properly, <laughs> uh, I think it's pronounced the, the Tetsujin Strong Style Tournament. Um, this is an uh, event that's happening up in Liverpool, um, and it's uh, a first ever show for that's being run for, well, it's not really a promotion, uh, it's more of a one-off show. Um, and it's being run by a podcast, a, a wrestling podcast team, um, 
based in Liverpool, uh, the Sunday Falsies. Um, and they, they're putting together a shoot-style tournament, um, similar in kind of themes to what you might have um, experienced in UWFI or, or more recently in um, Sakuraba's match with Suzuki at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, where un, where it's under the rules of um, knockouts or submissions only, so no no pinfalls. Um, so you've got eight guys here um, from across the UK, um, hopefully participating in a, a great night of action. Certainly an interesting yeah. uh, concept that we've got going there. The um, like UWF uh, when it when they kind of ironed the rules out. Um, was a really, really good promotion, and the action in it was was fantastic because they tried to keep it uh, really snug, real, realistic style of uh, wrestling. If they can do that, uh, if the guys they've got are capable of doing that, then it should be a really good night. Certainly different to uh, any of the other promotions that we've got knocking around. Mm, this is something like yeah, that's that's definitely that's definitely a plus for this promotion or show or whatever um it, it even if the card if because if you were booking these eight guys who are in the tournament just on a card um it, it probably wouldn't garner too much attention these are for the most part um middle mid-level uh uk indie talents um but but they've just made it so different by um by the branding that they put into it and the, the different rule set to what we're used to, uh, they, they've definitely done a good job at making this show stand out. It looks like they're trying to kind of appeal to the MMA crowd as well and uh, try and get some crossover appeal. That seems what it... Because uh, the early UFC shows were all tournament-based. So maybe they're going for uh, for that as well as the uh, the pro wrestling crowd whether it'll work or not i, I don't know mm, they've done a really good job marketing it and presenting it as something like really unique something that like we've never seen before particularly um and i think the guys they've got for the most part like really fit the theme very well and as long as it's more like that suzuki sakuraba match you mentioned and less like the grapple fuck style um, this could be a really, really strong show. Yeah, so uh, if we're running through uh, the some of the guys in the tournament, we've got um, Zach Gibson is facing Jack Gallagher in one of the first round matches. Uh, two guys who uh, have recently, well, fairly recently, become progress re- regulars. Um, that's a match I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, I can see their, their styles really um, working together, especially under this uh, rule set. Both guys um, got a very technical style. Um, I'm expecting to see a lot of submissions here. And um, while I'm not the biggest fan of Jack Gallagher, um, I think he's pretty good. But a lot of people think he's he's great, and uh, I'm yet to see that. <laughs> um, I think this is really a, a chance for him to to stand out and um, really really win yeah, the over, getting... uh, against the guy I'm a big yeah, fan his, of. In his style is definitely going to suit the. Um what they've got going on, uh, Gallagher. Uh, Gibson, I'm not quite as keen on. I think he comes across as a bit overly mechanical. Um, I don't think he's as, as technically good as, um, as some of the other guys involved. I mean, that's a bit of a controversial opinion. It might just be that he's a Liverpool fan. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's why I'm so into Oh, uh, well, <laughs> that makes sense, I suppose. I assume we're getting the more straight-laced version of Jack Gallagher here, and less of the um, uh, ex extraordinary theatricals that we see in progress now. Um, I think Gibson is actually a pretty strong technical guy. I remember his match with Zack Sabre Jr. in the Progress Super Strong Style tournament, and he didn't quite keep up with Zack, but he certainly like showed off his skills equally as well. So I think he definitely fits the Tetsujin shoot style theme that they're going for, um, and he he's a guy who could like win the whole thing potentially. I think part of his uh, problem, uh, Gibson, is that he, I think he he's thinking about moves before they take place and you can kind of see that in the way that he works whereas with this kind of style if it'll be more map based i think that'll help him and like I say he is a possible uh winner because he's the only one from liverpool i'm pretty sure <laughs> but, um, but... i think so i'm not entirely sure where um moss is from uh, I've heard Johnny Moss, and he didn't have a Liverpool accent, so he's not from there. Okay, that probably means he's the only one from Liverpool. Which means he'll also be working face, which will be really weird. Because <laughs> he's like an ultra heel in progress where I'm most familiar with him. Although I have seen him on um, like the NGW TV show, um, where he works like ultra babyface, and it's it's just strange. <laughs> Yeah, so they're, they're, um, the match next to them in the, the bracket, um, so the winner of Gibson and Gallagher will be facing the winner of, uh, John Moss and Dave Mastiff. Uh, this is a bit of a, a bit of a hoss fight. Um, John Moss is, he, his look kind of reminds me of, um, the, uh, strongman, the New Japan Gaijin from, a few years ago now, um, a slightly less inflated version of Strongman, but uh, uh, a big muscular guy nonetheless. Yeah, and the, uh, uh, Johnny Moss can actually wrestle. <laughs> one up on Strongman. Uh, I'm not overly familiar with Moss, but um, the little I have seen of him has been very impressive. Yeah, I've probably seen him more than um, than you guys have because he's been around for so long. I actually saw him sort of back in the day as well. Um, Remember seeing him wrestle uh, Doug Williams um, on, I think it was the 3CW show or somewhere like that. And that was very, very technically good. Um, I can't imagine he's deteriorated all that much. I've not seen him for a few years. Um, but yeah, technical skill wise, uh, I've not seen anyone else on the bracket that's, that's on his level. And he's very big as well in terms of uh, muscle mass. Um, so it'd be interesting to see where the booking goes because I was looking at Moss and Mastiff and thinking that could be the final, and it's the first round match. So be interesting. See who comes out of that one. I'm definitely, I'm definitely interested to see how Mastiff um, adapts to this uh, style of match. Where um, yeah, you can definitely see him going down the the knockout route, I guess, but. Um... Massive style doesn't necessarily immediately um, translate to um, what well, the shoot style rule set that they're using. 
Yeah. I just think he's he's going to work under those sorts of um, rules. He's not really a grappler kind. I'm guessing he's more <laughs> in there for the striking, like knockout artist kind of guy than the technical he can, ability. He can throw a few suplexes though, so they might go for something a little long, along those, like a big, big throws kind of uh, match, which I, I'd be all for. Like a like a Brock Lesnar style throwing people around because they can both do it, so that that could be real fun. Um, Mastiff's definitely the well, in terms of the the tournament guys who are in the tournament, he's probably the the highest profile guy in the tournament. Um, but personally, I'd I'd like to see Moss advance here, um, because. While this first round match will be fun, you know, you've got two big guys in there. Um, in terms of the, the technical work that they're, you're going to expect further, uh, later on in the tournament, uh, Moss would definitely fit better in, into that sort of stuff. Uh, I'm not sure how good Dave's cardio is to, uh, last through three matches either, so I'd be surprised if he went a, a long way. It might just be what that's why they've paired them up is so that they can have some fun with with Mastiff and then move on. Mm. He's probably the well, biggest I think star. Mastiff wrestled. I think Mastiff wrestled a couple of times at a PCW show recently, so it's not um, not beyond him to pull double or triple duty. But um, yeah, a guy of his size maybe are not wanting. Um, Wanting to wrestle three times. Yeah, especially the, I mean, the demands of a tournament are that not only is it, does it get harder because you've been wrestling, you know, once, twice already, but when you get to the final, there's an expectation that that final is going to be, if not the best match of the night, it's got to be up there. And if you've been through two matches already, it just, that just makes it all the harder. And, um, like I say, I'm not sure how. I'm not totally knocking him or anything by saying that he's, he might have bad cardio, but um, he's carrying a lot of weight around, and it's, it's tough to do that. Right, so moving over to the opposite side of the, the bracket, we've got Dan Maloney facing Michael Gilbert. Um, Michael Gilbert, who some might be more familiar as uh, familiar with... Mikey Whiplash. Dan Maloney isn't a guy I don't think I've ever actually seen him wrestle, so I'll have zero opinions on him, but um, Gilbert's, Gilbert... In his brief progress um, run, where he was working on the, the, the no gimmicks required, Michael Gilbert, uh, well, after saying no gimmicks required, it's uh, kind of weird to call that a gimmick, but um, yeah, uh, under his stripped back um, Michael Gilbert persona, he, he definitely impressed me um, and, and looked really good technically, um, so I'm looking forward to seeing him in this tournament. This is probably the match that intrigues me most from the first round because obviously you've got Gilbert who's like a veteran presence and also he's working like the straight lace gimmick, which I like. I don't think Mikey Whiplash would have really fit into this, but uh I think he has the skills as Michael Gilbert to uh deliver something cool here. But Dan Maloney, um, eighteen years old, um he's been working a lot of guys like similar to Michael Gilbert, like more veteran guys, like big guys, um, and it's I think it's really rubbing off on him because he's really improved over the last year, um, become a more complete wrestler than just like a big host throwing people around. He's more he, he's not a technical wrestler by any means. He's definitely more on the knockout artist 
side, but he's become a guy who, in these kind of matches, could really show off what kind of skills he's developing, because he is one of the guys who's going to build the future of British wrestling, and it'd be interesting to see if they actually put him over Gilbert Hur or whether um, he just looks valiant in defeat. Well, the, the possibility is that he's going to go up against one of the other younger guys, because Bates and Brooks is the other uh, first-round match, and that would be an interesting uh, match for Maloney, uh, given his experience. He's wrestled Tyler Bate before, right? Quite a few times. Or, well, they attacked him. I forgot. Yeah, it's yeah. one way around or the other. I remember seeing them together. I think they've done yeah. both. I think they've done both. Yeah, uh, Dan Maloney, I've only seen him once, uh, and he looked pretty green, pretty raw, inexperienced. Um, he was playing like a, a generic heel role. Um, but there's definitely potential there. He's just young. Yeah. I mean, both Bate and Maloney are kind of in the same model of like they're very young very green but like you can see that they have acres of potential probably not quite seeing quite so much in maloney that i've seen with uh tyler Bate. um i think that might just be because uh tyler's physical condition is so good that it's um that's helping him along but like I say uh, maloney must have progressed we can move straight across to um the the final first round matchup which We'll go on to face the winner of that uh, Maloney-Gilbert match. Um, that's Tyler Bate versus Chris Brooks. Um, as you mentioned, Tyler Bate is a guy who... he He's really uh, been talked up a lot, and deservingly so. Um, I think he's still 18. He might be 19 now, but I'm pretty sure he's still 18. And he is brilliant <laughs> for, for how inexperienced he his, is. His body is um, ridiculous for somebody who's that young. He's got incredible muscle uh, definition. For for a, a kid, basically, but then when he uh, when he broke in, I mean, like he was what fifteen, sixteen years old when he first started working, and he looked okay then. Uh, but now he's he's really cut. So in, in terms of presence in there, he's gonna. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd say he's the, the the strongest looking guy on on his side of the card, but he's up there. Mm-hmm. What do you think of um, Chris Brooks? Because when I saw him announced for this show, I was kind of... I raised my eyebrow a little bit because he doesn't fit the mould of the other guys particularly. Yeah. Like, he doesn't... He's more of, like, a cruiserweight wrestler. He didn't... He doesn't leap off the page as, like, a shoot-style technical wrestler to me. Yeah, I know. I see what you mean there. Um, it should be an interesting match between him and uh, Tyler just to see what happens in it. Um, see how Brooks can... Uh... Uh, do with the with that whole gimmick that they've got going on in uh, Tetsujin. Um, I I think Bate will win against Brooks. What what do you think, Ollie? Um, I would say so as well. Like I say, Brooks is. I feel like he's kind of the one, the odd man out out of the eight. And also, if they do decide to give Maloney the big win over Gilbert, uh, Maloney Bate is a match. Um that could definitely be really good because those guys know each other really well. I think they've worked each other a few guys, a few times here in yeah. Birmingham. So um, if they want to give a big rub to one of the 18-year-olds and put them in the final, uh, which I could see them doing, um, that would definitely be a good way to go. And put them, putting them up in the final against like a Gibson or a Mastiff, like a bigger star up in the north, um, would be a really interesting dynamic. 
kind of got in my head that it's going to be uh, uh, Tyler Bate against Johnny Moss in the final. I, I don't know why, but it, it's like Moss is like the the elder version of Tyler Bate. He's like yeah. a, a massive grown up version of the same guy. Um, yeah, definitely. So that, that could be an interesting uh, match if it does come down to that. Uh, and then to add to these tournament matches, they've also got um, uh, a WXW showcase match, which is going to be uh, Tommy End facing Big Daddy Walter um, in what should be a great addition to the cards. You know, they'll probably slot this in between the semi-finals and the finals, so um, whoever's wrestling second in the semi-finals uh, doesn't have to go twice in a row. Um, and that looks like a, a hell of a match. Um, the two guys are very familiar with each other. They've had some great matches in the past, and um, ends one of the one of the guys who's been able to get the the very best out of Walter. Um, so yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that one as well. I take it that's going to be under the same rules. Um, I haven't seen anywhere them saying it's not going to be, but at the same time, I haven't seen them saying it is. So. Uh, who knows? Uh, probably, yeah, I'm going to assume I, that I it is. If that's the whole gimmick of the the promotion, then you'd, you'd think it would be. So it'd be a little odd to go from one set of rules to another just between matches. But yeah, it should be a good match under those um, uh, under those rules anyway. Because uh, I mean, Tommy End is one of the best strikers I think we we've, uh, we've got in Europe at the moment. Yeah, um, knockout rules are. They completely designed for end style, yeah. Yeah, that should be a good addition to the to the card. But they always need something uh, to break it up uh, when you've got a tournament on, because that, like you say, the the semi final into final, you can't have one guy, you know, exhausted in the ring, and then the other guy comes out fresh and just beats him up. It's mm. you wouldn't have that in a real well, sport. As far so. as like special attraction matches go, it's one of the best I've ever seen. Really, like putting the two. Well, one of them's Austrian, but the two guys from WXW um, in there, it separates them a little bit from the British guys, so that's like kind of hand waves why they're not in the tournament itself. Uh, but it should be a pretty damn awesome spectacle. Um, do you know if it's going to be available on demand? Are they going to stream this one afterwards? or? Uh, yes. Um, they, they announced... Um fairly recently, that not only is it going to be on DVD, which they had announced previously, but it's also going to be on some form of on-demand service uh, shortly after after the, the event itself. Um, they haven't yet announced where it's going to end up, uh, in terms of like which service, but I expect Vimeo On Demand or someplace similar to that. Um, but it, it's it's going to be available to, to everyone online, not just like if it was stuck on DVD, then um, I'd be far less likely to to buy it. But uh, since it's is on demand, I'm definitely gonna uh, give this a watch. I'm um, I'm very yeah, intrigued. Likewise. Um, were you thinking of going to the show, Ollie? Um, I'm tempted. It's only a week from now, isn't it? Um, so I should probably get my skates on if I am gonna go. Um, if I did were to go, you'd have to probably stay overnight. I'm not sure. <laughs> this isn't really a podcast conversation just to mull <laughs> over my weekend plans but <laughs> it is very tempting if it wasn't on a friday i i might give it a go but um 
Yeah. If it, if it was on Saturday or Sunday, I'd be more likely. But uh, I, think, I think I'm going to give it a pass. But uh, I'll, yeah, as I said, I'll definitely be checking it out on demand. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, I'm at work, so I definitely can't go. <laughs> if you're in Liverpool, though, you know. <laughs> I think uh, we know what you're doing on Friday evening. Oh, it should be a no-brainer for the for the guys up there. So um, it's kind of a, an area of the country that doesn't get a lot of um, big shows or interesting shows. So it's it's nice for them to have something different up there. Mm, like NGW runs there quite a bit, I think, but there's no like set promotion for Liverpool. So maybe that's a a market that the Sunday Falsies can move into potentially. Right, and uh, speaking of. Check out this great segue. Speaking of on demand, I, I was originally <laughs> going to use that uh, to seg into the uh, the next bit, but then kind of got into talking about the show and Ollie going, so that kind of ruined it. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I'll take full credit for it then. Um, speaking of uh, on demand and streaming services, uh, IPW UK has uh, recently launched their new. Um, on-demand service. I don't think they've got a, a proper name for it as such. It's just, um, um, but they're, they're using the the pivot share service. So if you're you've um, used the uh, the progress <coughs> on-demand or no demand progress um, service in the past, it's the the same um, the the same software behind it. Um, I think CZW also uses the same uh, the same software. Um, so it, it's kind of become the standard for for streaming services that aren't New Japan World or the network or um, the network or Beyond Demand actually as well. I think that's going through YouTube. Um, but um, other than that, most of them seem to go through Pivot Share, and IPW UK has jumped on that train as well. I think it's probably overdue. I mean, uh, they've been. I wouldn't have said a major promotion, but they've been a big promotion for the UK for a long time, um, uh, going back about 10 years. Um, and they've just kind of fallen out of the public eye a little bit. I'd say last, uh, what, th three, four years, they've not quite been making the splash that they were before. They've not really been the, yeah, pretty much the premier promotion, which they kind of slipped into that spot. Um, after the, the whole one PW thing, uh, IPW UK was one of the the foremost promotions, kind of almost by default. But they did a really good job of it. But um, when Rev Pro came along and got a little bit more ambitious than them, they've just kind of slipped into second place. Well, Rev Pro actually like came out of oh. IPW because um, originally IPW UK changed it its name to Rev Pro. And then there was a split, and then IPWK re-emerged. So um, I think it's almost like the spiritual successor from like the the mid to late two thousands. Um, IPW is actually Rev Pro, while um, uh, IPWK nowadays is more of a local promotion kind of who do bring in um, do bring in. They tend to look at WWE, former WWE guys. That seems to be the yeah. the angle they're going for. They don't really create cards that make me excited like Rev Pro do, but they create cards that they can they can draw more casual fans to. I think that'd be fair to say. 
Yeah. Um, these days, I, I'm I don't have too much interest in IPW UK. But that said, they they do manage to put on like five or six matches a year, which really seem intriguing. But I'm not gonna go out and buy a DVD just for that one match. So so this um this streaming service is it's I'll probably be subscribed to it like one month a year, and I'll I'll pick gotcha. out all the matches from the year that I'm interested in. Yeah, you know they they have stuff like um London Riots versus the Sumerian Death Squad. They've had Havoc versus Osprey, they've had Chris Sabin versus Osprey in the last year. So, you know, there's definitely stuff that I want to watch, but um being on the their previous D V D model, I I wasn't wasn't getting a chance to watch or um wasn't willing to, to fork out the fifteen pounds for a DVD um just for the, the single match, but um but but what I'm really interested in in terms of this streaming service is the the archival content. Um, as you said, from around 2006 or seven ish um, to maybe like 2010, 2011, they were one of the top promotions in the UK. Maybe earlier than six, seven actually, um, and. They're yet to really get all their um, archival stuff up. I think they've only got like four or five shows um, that aren't from the last few years up. But um, I imagine there there will be more there, and uh, that's what I'm really looking forward to delving into. Um, you've got a, a lot of like uh, Super Dragon. Have... Oh, that was the the first show <laughs> was uh, Super Dragon and Johnny Storm. It was like the first IPW UK show. I'm sure it was. That's a pretty impressive yeah. match. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's how you start to buzz about your promotion. You start big. Think big. Um, I know El Generico had a lot of matches in IPW UK. Ken Steen did as well. Um, you, you had a handful of Japanese guys wrestling there over their history. Um, um, Pac had a lot of his, um, his premier, um, British matches in um, in IPW UK, you know the the current Neville. Um, so when they do get um, all that um, their archival shows up on demand, then that's uh, definitely something I'm going to look forward to diving into because um, there's a lot of great on paper matches that I've never seen um, that I'm very much looking forward to giving a watch. Um, I believe the price is the same as um, uh, Progress. It's uh, seven ninety five dollars. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, like with uh, Progress, it's not a a major outlay of cash if you wanted to check out some um, IPW. Mm. Yeah. If there's like a particular it's less show. Than a DVD. If there's like a particular show that like really gets some buzz, um, I'd be definitely tempted to pick it up and you know watch the show and then keep it for a little bit mm. to watch the archive. Just have a poke around, see what was on. Like particular big matches, it's not something I'd permanently su- subscribe to by any means, though. So. Yeah, the thing with um, all these. Um all these on-demand services that are popping up now. Um, a lot of people are 
complaining, saying there's too many of them. Um, but but when you really think about it, they they almost all of them cost less than just a DVD for a month's worth of subscription, and I don't think any of them have any commitment with them anymore. It's not like when the the network originally started, where it was six month subscription. I think all of them are month to month now. Um, so when you when you're thinking about it, so if you look at complain now, about having too much wrestling, what? <laughs> What, what are they complaining about? I mean, yeah. I don't have time Too to much watch it all. But, cheap wrestling. But what what is their complaint exactly? But, I don't I don't get the mentality. I, I guess some people are complaining that it, it's ending up costing them more, but I, I don't I don't see how um, unless they just watch. I mean, if you're watching more wrestling now because of it, then fair enough. But you're paying more and you're also consuming more, so. It is hardly a shocker. You're probably getting a lot better value than you previously were. Oh, basically, uh, they're if just, you look at it like five... They're, they're just complaining about their own viewing habits, aren't they? So isn't that their yeah, own fault? I guess so. Because like five years ago, um, if, you, if a show got a bit of buzz from a, an indie promotion that you weren't usually watching, you'd buy the DVD and it would cost more than a month's subscription now. So now, instead of buying each DVD that gets a lot of buzz, you subscribe to a, a subscription, and instead of just getting that one show, you have access to their entire archive. I mean, I'm, I'm loving the way um, <laughs> independent wrestling's um, distribution of content is it's, going. It's not just independent um, wrestling, it's all wrestling. Video yes, on demand yeah. is the way forward, and everyone's jumped on that bandwagon, and, you know, it's, well, apart from like a few Japanese mm. promotions that and PWG. PWG, you can only get it on DVD, but uh, they're special. And it does, it does, it does benefit the promoters as well. They're maybe losing money on the DVD sales, but they are getting a potentially bigger audience that they can market yeah. to if they're smart enough. Like they don't just have to market show to show now; they can market the on-demand service. Service is something that they have to get. I think Progress have done that very well. They've like added extra content in, um, gotten the shows up pretty uh, quickly. Like if you market to a bigger audience, the bigger audience um, will come if you make it good enough. So it's not just a replacement for DVDs. It's almost like a different market altogether. Yeah, um, especially for for British companies where. Where previously they they were aiming at a, a far smaller market than say um, a US indie company, um, simply because there's less wrestling fans in the UK than there is in the US. But now um, now you've got tons of subscribers. Well, I say tons. I don't know the figures, but um, there, there's a, at least a significant chunk of um, progressors on demand. Subscri subscribers will be from not from the UK. They'll they'll be international subscribers, and um, far more so than I I would expect them were previously subscribing, uh, uh, previously buying DVDs from them from international league. So um, for the UK companies, it's definitely opened up a far wider audience from that for them, and um, it, it they're they're getting a lot more exposure and. A lot more buzz, which is great for the UK scene as a it's whole. It's a win all round. I noticed that uh, Will Ospreay on the last 
progress show was cutting a promo and he uh, said that when he was over um, for Bowler with PWG, that the boys were asking him about progress because they watched it. Um, so it shows the how how far and wide the on demand is getting in terms of uh, you know people watching it. Whereas you know, before, I don't think people in America were buying DVDs from England ever. I don't think that's ever happened before. No. So this is a whole new market for them. Yep. Um, I guess, uh, unless we've got anything else to say about um, streaming services in general, um, we can move on to our last real topic. This would be the uh, five-star wrestling tour, which is taking place in January. Um, this is from a chap called Dan Hinkles, who lives in Dundee. Um, he's uh, like a games um, mogul, as it were. Um, the, the company's called Serious Parody. Um, they've been having sort of minor success with the uh, wrestling manager games. And they've got a, a game coming out, which I think is called Five Star Wrestling, um, which they've convinced Rey Mysterio to be in. And from there, they've decided to do themselves a, a little wrestling tour. Um, it's extremely ambitious. Um, they're, considering they're a brand new promotion uh, with no history whatsoever, uh, they've they they won they run They've one show won prior in to Edinburgh this. yeah <laughs> um, their second show ever is going to be at the Metro Arena in Newcastle which has a capacity of eleven thousand <laughs> um, just to put that into perspective um, Insane Championship Wrestling uh, drew four thousand which has left people's jaws on the floor at how insanely big that number is. So they're immediately going, oh, yeah, we, um, this company's... We can more than we double can that. We can more than double that with our second show. <laughs> um, you kind of have to build up an audience a little bit more than that. They might have a dream match or a, a couple of dream matches sort of lined up. Um, they've got AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio headlining two of their three shows uh, against each other. Um, but you know, Rev Pro have had plenty of dream matches of that caliber, perhaps not with somebody quite as famous as Rey Mysterio, but they, they're never looking at uh, drawing those numbers. And just booking those venues alone it is going to put you down like £15,000 before you even start before you even paid anyone to help you out or paid any wrestlers, you're already down just for booking a venue that size. So I don't know about you guys, but it seems, Ray it seems like Matt's going to be cheap. Either. Well, Ray was charging $20,000 per show uh, when he left the WWE. Um, they've got him on three shows. Are they paying him $60,000 for this tour? I, I would... Maybe maybe they've got a, a bulk deal. Maybe, maybe he's reduced to only fifty grand. Yeah, I, you would hope they weren't paying him that much because they'll never get that back. I'd be surprised if they got the fifteen grand back for you know hiring the arena in the first place. It's um it's madness. So we're looking at um 
£30,000 of ticket sales to break even. <laughs> Pretty much. With That's... A, a one-man Rey Mysterio show. Yeah, just Rey doing 619s by himself. Um... I mean, the cards they've got together and like the, the talent announced look really good, but Rev Pro are selling like just over a thousand for some of their bigger shows, and they're pleased with the numbers they're doing. Uh, like they're to, it's so ambitious, and it it's insane. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. It's crazy. I don't think he's really the thought this through that... at all. <laughs> no, the one thing that I've I've seen thrown out there as kind of like an explanation for the the sheer insanity of this is that there this is being put down not as a way to profitably run a show, but put down as marketing costs for the video game. But even so, this seems like a hell of an expensive way to go about doing that. Is the video game going to be all that good, though? I mean, are they going to get that many sales? It's it's not a particularly big video game, as far as I can tell. It's like a indie Kickstarter type thing. So, like, (laughs) think about, like... I'm a wrestling fan, and I wouldn't buy it. Yeah, like, think about how niche the WWE video games are. I mean, they're still, they're big releases, but they're not, like, huge (laughs) releases that you could attach to, like, a stadium show or anything. So, yeah, (laughs) I'm sceptical, to say the least. I mean, the the guy, uh, this this Hinkles chap, I mean, he said that he's a big wrestling fan. Um, So I, I understand that, you know, he's into the, the product and everything, so he's booking the right people, he's saying the right things, but to think that he can actually get anywhere close to a, 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 a that size of crowd is mind-boggling. If he draws 3,000 people to, to one of these events, I'll, I'll, I'll think he's yeah, done well. Yeah, no, 3,000 would be amazing. But but, but that's probably not going to be anywhere near enough to what he needs to be profitable. So. I think tickets start at £30. Which, mm-hmm. um, I know he's that's a little higher than than some of the other promotions that are around, but... Um, that's probably just going to mean an even more empty <laughs> arena. Yeah. Um, you can see where he's going with the marketing, though. I mean, they've, they've clearly gone after uh, Ray because he's a household name. Um, and they think that they can sell a lot of tickets based on that. Uh, but I mean, let's look at TNA. What, what kind of numbers did TNA do when they tour over here? It's nowhere near that. No. Uh, and that was even when, like, even when they had Hulk Hogan. And they've got television. They, they were. (laughs) And they're a renowned company. And they might not be particularly, you know, held in any kind of respect, but, um, and it might be worth checking this out just to see what a, a complete car crash it turns into, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't really understand where the funding's coming from. I don't really see what the, the long-term plan is. And, and we look at where he's running, for God's sake. It's just in the middle of January, which is the, the worst month for attendance for anything, and it's in between the NXT tour in, in December and TNA are touring in like the end of January. I and 
it's it's not just one show either. It's three shows in a row. <laughs> three shows. So you're not going to get three days. Like you're not going to get like people people who might have gone. Oh, there's this really big show up in Newcastle. Uh, I live in Liverpool. I'll make the trip across. No, they're gonna they're gonna then go, not, oh, Well, I'll just wait two days and go to the Liverpool show. They've not show. even spread them and out. The day of- <laughs> all in the north yeah. of England. And then you, then the the day after these three shows are the Rev Pro show. So you're probably not going to get many people travelling up from the south because apart from Rey Mysterio, a lot of the well, I think everyone else has worked for Rev Pro. Be... You got Morrison on there. Um, I'm trying to remember who else is on the cards now. Um, Styles. Yeah, AJ's on there. Uh, Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal. It's it's guys who've worked for Rev Pro. So if you wanted to see them... And are probably, working yeah, for Rev, Rev Pro. You, you'll have seen them already. So I really don't see how they're going to do anything other than a complete disaster with these shows. <laughs> I think we could possibly put the label Vanity Project on this. Um, I know... A very expensive it's, Vanity it's Project. It's compared to 1PW, but, I mean, even with that, he was booking guys um, that he liked, like who'd been, he'd seen on TV. Uh, this Stephen Gauntley for for One PW. Um, so in that way, it was kind of the same sort of markish booking that you've got with this five star. But he was booking it in the in the Doncaster Dome, which um, I don't know if any of you have ever been there, but it's like the capacity is two thousand people. It's relatively cheap. And they were happy if they filled it, which they kind of did to start with. Um, there's just, you can't make that comparison. It's madness. I don't think I've ever seen anything this so ridiculously like... stupid um, in a professional wrestling to, uh, for a startup to go, uh, yeah, we're going to immediately become the number one promotion outside of the WWE in the world overnight. <laughs> What are, mm. I don't know what they're thinking. Yeah, that is basically what they're saying. That's what they're looking at. They're, yeah. They want to run on a New Japan level. They're, they're, they're looking basically. at booking arenas that the WWE book, and and uh, yeah, I'm, I've lost the words now. This, <laughs> I mean, he's thinking big, bless him, but um, I just I, I don't see where how he can afford to do it. And what he hopes to accomplish by even attempting it. If I was starting a, a wrestling promotion, this is not how I'd do it. Even if I had a lot of money. I mean, even if they, like cash no. was no, uh, not a, a problem, and I could book whoever I wanted, I still wouldn't book them into a, a, a like eleven thousand seat arena uh, with like no background, no history. Uh, it wasn't until like last week, I think it was, that I even heard about this, and I'm like really like tuned into uh, what's happening in wrestling. How are they going to sell that many tickets? It's just insane. This is this is madness, it, it isn't is. it? <laughs> it is. It is. Um, like the Edinburgh show, I think they ran in a smaller arena. Which 
I can't remember exactly what it was called, but I, I, I looked it up uh, a few days ago, and I think it was like 6k capacity, which in comparison to these uh, seems small, but they're still a crazy number to, to go for for your That's first show. That's ridiculously ambitious. Um, you, want, uh, you want like a thousand tops, really, unless you, you're going completely all out, and which he is. Um, but even so, like 2,000, maybe 3,000. And that's as much as you could possibly hope to do. Ever. <laughs> and this is really, like, I'm sure if the show actually does happen, which I'm kind of spe- skeptical um, that these shows will actually occur. Well, uh, maybe let me put it like this. He gets close to the time and sees the ticket sales and goes, oh shit. If you live in but Newcastle, the... Sheffield, or Liverpool, on the day of the show, just go to the building and they'll give you a ticket. Because it, they, these are going to be papered. There's absolutely no oh, way yes. they're going to get enough people in for it not to be papered. Just turn up. Just turn up at the building on the day. Just walk up and go, any free tickets? Yeah, certainly, go in. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what they're going to have to do, otherwise it's, it's going to be embarrassing looking. And even then, they're still yeah, not going to be. Um, not going to have eleven thousand people there. Uh, I was talking to uh, Ian on Twitter, who um, who who lives in Edinburgh, and apparently for the um, the the their first show in, up in Edinburgh, they they were doing buy one get free tickets for free uh, in the last last week of uh, sales. So not only is it buyer be- beware, um, because there's a chance that these shows get cancelled because, you know, there's a it's kind of a track record of that sort of thing happening uh, here in the UK. Like you're looking at Super Clash, um, just from this year where they they cancelled things um, because they didn't get enough ticket sales and they they've been over ambitious in the talent they were bringing in uh, with the New Japan talent. Uh, a few years back, you had the Tidal Wrestling Tour. Um, which was very import heavy, and they they had to cancel a load of dates there. Um, and then of course, further back, you've got more and more examples of that sort of thing. There is a chance that these shows get cancelled, so I wouldn't buy a ticket in advance, especially as there's no chance that these cl- shows are getting close to selling out. It's not like you you don't buy now and you might miss out on getting a ticket. Chances are these tickets are going to get a lot cheaper the closer you get to um, well, the actual the ringside is like um, 150 pounds. It's something ridiculous like that. Um, I don't know how they can get away with charging that, but I mean, you're going to be empty at ringside. So you know, if you're going to buy a seat, just buy like anywhere, and you'll probably end up pushed down to front anyway. Mm. It seems that seems like almost like WWE prices when they come to that's that's um, one of the meet and greet the packages, isn't it? On the whole whole day meet and greet, but uh, yeah, I don't know what they're doing, <laughs> really. I, I don't even know if there's anyone yeah, useful. Um, I think we're just dumbfounded by this. Yeah. <laughs> like, if if they do happen, go on the day of the show, as Arn said, and because it will probably be a good show. Like the talent they've got on on the cards, very very high level of talent. Um. Aesthetically, it will be a great show, I, I assume, all three of them. But man, is it mind-boggling from a financial perspective. It makes no sense at all. Yeah. Financially, it makes no sense. 
like people talk about how crazy one pw was with like bringing in rick flair for a, a stupidly high amount of money this is like that turned up like tenfold this is this is insane um I'm very intrigued to see what actually happens. Oh, it's going to be a car crash. <laughs> it's going to be wonderful. From, yeah, from a complete car crash um, perspective. But I, I, I worry for the guy. Um, I don't know how much of I his hope money he knows what he's got himself in into. Uh, I'm not sure how much of his money is actually in it. Um, but you think you'd look at the what's happening here, and he's going to lose money. So I, I don't know, maybe he's got a backer. Yeah. But, yeah. Whoever's money's in You're going to lose it. <laughs> they're probably going to lose most of it, if not all. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on that happy note, I think uh, we're, we're going to start ending the show. Uh, I, start I think up. we were quite positive um, going into that last segment there, so I'm sorry for dragging it all down. <laughs> <laughs> well... We'll leave on the positive note that the the shows themselves will probably be. I'm sure there will be excellent entertainment, and not at all hilarious. Like you're seeing AJ Styles versus Rey Mysterio on one of them. You're seeing Jay Lethal versus AJ Styles in uh, on one of them. You're seeing Jay Lethal versus Rey Mysterio. You're seeing John Morrison, but like. I I forget which which guys are on which card, but uh, you you have the four: John Morrison. Uh, Rey Mysterio, AJ Styles, and Jay Lethal, and they seem to be rotating in and out across the three shows, facing each other in what will be amazing singles matches, but um, probably in front of three quarter or or more empty yeah. arenas. Um, there there might actually be some British wrestlers on there somewhere. I know Marty Skrull is is booked. Um, yeah, there there's a who's who of the the British scene actually um, from. Like Will Ospreay's on there, um, Tyler Bate, I think I saw on there. Uh, I'll just get the list up now. Uh... It is it is heavily reliant upon on the uh, American talent, which with those size of arenas they have yeah. to be. But I don't think even even with you know they have the very best free agents available in the world. With the possible exception of some of the the New Japan talent, but um, like you're not getting bigger stars that aren't in WWE than AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio. But even so, this is this is crazy. Um, uh, where's the list of guys? <laughs> on on the notes for this show, uh, Rob has put. Um... Overly ambitious. <laughs> Down for, uh, for... Ambitious is the kind word. Yeah, yeah. I think... Right, so here's the list of, <coughs> of guys. They've got AJ Styles, Rey Mysterio, Jay Lethal, John Morrison, Carlito, um, <laughs> Magnus, Will Ospreay, Joe Kofi, Marty Skrull, and many, many more. Until the money runs out. Which was probably quite a while ago. It was um, just after you said Rey Mysterio. It, just, it was just after you said the <laughs> arena. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting to see Carlito um, on there. It's you can see what he's doing in terms of like 
former WWE talent, including Rey Mysterio, Carlito, and there's two guys who go on a, a flyer that goes around Newcastle Town Centre. <laughs> Has Carlito even like appeared in a wrestling show in the last two or three years? I can't imagine he's... I've seen him in PCW um, once or twice, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, it's not his name recognition, I suppose. But who who is Carlito drawing that isn't going because they see Rey Mysterio? It just kind of... It's someone else to put on the poster. So when I when guess, you're seeing Rey Mysterio, it's up, and also, so it's like, oh, there's, there's more than But one. he's not on any of the posters. He's not on any <laughs> he of the posters. It's, it, it's been Morrison, uh, Mysterio, Lethal, and Styles, all of them. But I guess they could have new posters. But no matter what posters they have, this is going to be a disaster. Um, that's not me hoping it's a disaster, but it's an inevitability. I'm afraid so. Like, I'm not sure there are... 10,000 people who go to the WWE shows in the, the UK. There are two inevitabilities like, in it's life. It's around that number. Death and taxes, and this is going to be death. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, on a more positive note, um, our next episode, which will be dropping probably towards the end of November, um, <laughs> is going to be uh, talking about fear and loathing, uh, we're going to have a guest on for that, uh, Mark Anthony of CatchCast uh, from Pro Wrestling, uh, the PWN Radio. I mean, I get bumped again. Um, who, who's? Um, I don't know who's getting bumped. Maybe me. Maybe me. <laughs> I don't watch ICW. Okay. Um, I've been on every that. single one, so <laughs> I'm the the Iron Man. I'm the Tetsujin of uh, Brit Rest Roundtable. So. Is that what Tetsujin means? I should have. Yeah, it means Iron Man. Man. Does that mean Iron Man? I know this because of Tekken. <laughs> this this is great insight. Great insight, guys. Insight. This is why you should <laughs> listen to this podcast. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking fear and loathing on the next episode with Mark Anthony. Um, that is a, a complete success um, for British wrestling, selling. Yeah. Uh, I think it was nearly five thousand tickets for their their biggest show of the year. Um, with not a huge reliance on imports, um, you've got obviously Drew McIntyre with the WWE name, but they and just Rhino. Yeah, they got well, the, Rhino the, there. The show is and they, pretty much built around like Grado challenging for the title. Uh, I mean, yeah, you did have like Mick Foley there, but yeah, it was primarily Scottish guys drawing Scottish fans, yeah. and that's that great has always to see. worked up there. Just not to this. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll, um, <laughs> we'll be talking about that in a lot more detail on the next episode, and like a full review of the Fear and Loathing show, and just like what ICW has managed to achieve with that. It's going on pretty much right now, maybe in like a couple of hours as we're recording it. So, like, we don't know the results yet, but um, on the next episode, we'll be doing a full review, and uh, I'll be getting um, a crash course in ICW ahead of that. So. <laughs> It's pretty exciting. Right, so plugs. Um, Arn, do you want to go first? Uh, well, seeing as we've been talking about 1PW, you can always get the 1PW book <laughs> from uh, available from Amazon, which I've forgotten the name of again. Uh, All or Nothing. There you go. All or Nothing. Available from Amazon. It's a good read inside a promotion, and uh, that whole thing with Ric Flair, that's covered in there in great detail, including his, like, how, what he was paid and what for. 
So ahead of this complete disaster, you can read about an old complete disaster that happened in this country. This is wrestling. Uh, do you want to throw out your Twitter name, or do you not want people following you? Uh, I'm not really that bothered, but it is at Arnold Furious, so that should be pretty easy to remember. Um, well, you can follow me on Twitter at another Ollie, uh, one word, to hear about me tweeting at 4am about how I want to watch the Golden State Warriors, the basketball team, who <laughs> the main VOW podcast have been raving about. <laughs> um, and one of my articles is being published in the Tag Rope magazine, which is coming out in the next few days, which is all very exciting. Um, it's about Tetsuya Naito's new character, and... Um, yeah, it's an awesome magazine. You should check it out. Definitely. Tagrope.com pre-order. <laughs> yep, and you can find almost all of my work over on voiceofwrestling.com and uh, the Voice of Wrestling forums. Um, but I also now have to remember to throw out the plug for MLW, uh, where I started doing a, uh, a Japanese wrestling podcast, um, because this one clearly isn't a, enough. Uh, a Japanese wrestling podcast um, called The Eastern Lariat with Strigger, um, who runs, or in part runs, the uh, Japanese section of Cage Match, uh, the internet wrestling database. Uh, so if you haven't had enough of listening to my voice from this, you can uh, listen to me some more uh, over there. Um, we, we alternate between free episodes and um, VIP member episodes, so... Um, the most recent ones are free episodes. You can just um, search MLW on any podcast app or iTunes or whatever and see that. Uh, aside from that, uh, voiceofwrestling.com for pretty much all your wrestling reviewing needs and columns and such. Uh, and you can talk to all three of us over on the forums. And yeah, my my Twitter is at the R double, uh, and you can. Not hear me tweeting about basketball, but about <laughs> wrestling and football. There is lots of that. Uh, British football, of course. The the one played with ball-shaped things and with your feet. Um, more so than with your hands and with more of an egg-shaped <laughs> thing. But, but hey. Um, yeah, I think we're about ready to wrap up. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.